The Football Trash Talk for Real Fans podcast is a free-flowing conversation that may touch on mature subjects. While the opinions are real, the research probably isn't, and somehow Atticus will find a way to talk about the Knicks. And here we go. He trunk dudes. It wasn't just in a preseason game. He did it pretty consistently. <laughs> he left dudes saying, what happened? You better put some respect on his name when we're talking about the champion, the Davion Clown. And I'm just going on eye test here, right? Like, I like the look of this coaching staff, you know? All right, enough of this. Let's see what kind of shit we get into today. <laughs> Are you high? Boy, it's all yours. Well, 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 gentlemen. Good to see ya. Who's feeling good about week one? This guy. Anyway. Of course, as you should. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we'll get into that, I'm sure, right? But, uh, you know, I'm not sure where I want to kick off. Uh, you know, do we want to recap uh, the Browns game? Do we want to recap the Giants game? Do we want to start with last night? Because that was a fucking phenomenal game. I can't stop. I can't stay up late though anymore. I really can't. Like it's, it's, it's drool. It's draining on me to stay up yeah. and watch a complete football game. I agree. I mean, that that game ended like three separate times too, which was like it felt like the Lord of the Rings movie there for a while, where it just kept it, it ended and then it they came back on and then it ended again. What like, an incredible amount of soul torture for Raiders fans, though, huh? Like you keep thinking you got it. They're home. Yeah, at, least they, at least they won it though, right? I mean, I feel like it'd be worse for Ravens fans because I mean, Ravens fans, Ravens fans, my, yeah. my apologies. Yeah, because they uh because because what was it? The the I'm not gonna remember his future's name, but he, he got down on like the, the half inch line, right? And then he uh then it, they end up taking a penalty, throwing an interception, and I'm like, okay, here it goes. Now now uh uh, Jackson's just going to bust out some crazy 40-yard scramble and they're going to kick a field goal and that's it. Ends up fumbling the ball. It's just crazy. Crazy Bizarre. game. Last play. He pulled like, a Daniel Jones. He did. <laughs> he did. And we have a Daniel Jones stat coming up once we talk about the Giants game, but it's quite appalling. Hey, bring it on. It's appalling. We, we look like hot, wet dog shit. I'll take whatever you got. So before we get into our individual teams, um, did you guys notice anything else over the uh, over the weekend that kind of caught your eye? I'll go first because it was the game I was attending. Uh, Green Bay, or I'm sorry, um, well, Green Bay at the at the Saints. Oh my god! Is Liesel still crying? <laughs> so, oh my god! So, fun fact: uh, outside of the football trash talk fantasy league, I'm actually in another fantasy league that Gorky runs, and. Uh, I lost my first game because Aaron Rodgers uh, scored me a whopping 1.8 points. Oh, wow. 1.8 points. Yeah. That's super bad, Atticus. In fantasy football, Mm -hmm. for a quarterback, quarterback, that's that's like super bad. It's really hard to get one point. That's like third string running back numbers, is what that is. That's like the guy that comes in at at the end of the game and gets like 15 yards. That, that's what that is. Is that the punter's numbers on Tampa Bay's team? He doesn't even <laughs> step on the field. Right. Right. Like that. Okay. I got you. So, so Jameis Winston. Um, so I guess, you know, with it being a, uh, by the way, I, I, real quick, I'd like to call this segment last call. And my thought of, on that is because by now, all the talking, all the, like literally every other talking head you're going to find is already given their takes. And then we're just going to come on and do them. So I feel right. like last call is a good name. So I'm I'm running with this segment. I like that. That's pretty cool. I'm down with it. Said, go ahead. Sorry. I'm down with it. All right. All right. So so that being said, uh, I know it's one game, and it's you know in the NFL season, the, the thing is you see something, you overreact. So one see one game does not a fantastic QB season make, but holy jeez and wow, he would like. It, it, like it looked worse in person than it probably did on TV because all he was doing what they like there was a one point it, it was in the first half there was one point I looked up the board because they're keeping stats the Saints had run thirty eight plays 
the Packers ran 17. Like it was bad. Like they just, and every time they looked like they got them stopped, Winston would just scramble. He he was like, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know. Like that, like, like prime big Ben is what he looked like. He just was flinging it. No problem. Running for first downs making smart play after smart play. Like Sean Payton might be the most underrated quarterback whisper one game in, uh, you know, ever. But that being said, that was my big wow. geez moment of the week. And what about you guys? So before I jump into that, right. Like, I just want to comment. We had a conversation about Jameis Winston, you know, and, and I mentioned that, you know, the, the year after Tampa Bay, in between Tampa Bay and New Orleans, he had LASIK eye surgery, right? Prior to that, he never played a game with contacts because it, it fucked with him, right? Like, A, that might be a difference maker for Jameis Winston. We'll see what happens. Uh, but most impressive was his post-game interview. Like, he was wearing a suit and tie, and he spoke, like, professionally, right? Like, it's not... It's not Jameis Winston from Florida State with, with you know, poke him in crab the rear, legs. you know, crab legs, poke him in the rear, all that stuff, you know. But, uh, you know, I agree. That was impressive. Well, and, you know, and then I'll let, I'll let I'll kick it over to you here in a second, Atticus. The one thing I'll throw into what you were just saying, about halfway through the game, like, especially as they're getting close to halftime, like Lisa and I were talking, I was like, well, you know, part of this could be, we haven't seen the Saints with Winston at the helm. So some of it's just, you know, he's no slouch. He was a first-round pick for a reason, you know, and there's not a lot of game films. So sometimes it just, just kind of happens. The guy seems all-world because you haven't seen him in a while, and he's got a new, you know, there's a new philosophy that it's hard to prepare for. But then they came out and just, no, like, it was like the Packers didn't even, like, try to figure anything out at halftime. What, what are your thoughts, Atticus? I really didn't see any of the game. I just heard a lot about what happened with Jameis Winston and how badly. Oh, my God. Aaron Rodgers has been roasted for days and rightfully so. You know, there are certain quarterbacks who when your team is having a really tough time defensively uh, stopping anything. Tom Brady's one of those quarterbacks. I hate to use him as the default to go to. And actually, Aaron Rodgers has been that guy for a long time. Dak Prescott was that guy last year where your quarterback will find a way to get the ball down the field or to keep drives alive to get to, to get points on the board. And um, it sounded like the roles were reversed the way that I've heard people talk about that game. Jameis Winston was playing like Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers looked like probably worse than Jameis Winston from what, how many fantasy points you got yesterday. He's the uh, number three QB in the league right now, at least, at least in ours. I mean that, you know, but he's the number three quarterback in fantasy football right now on ESPN. That's how well it's pretty good. Trey Lance played like four, four series, if that, and he had four fantasy points to put it in perspective. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers played an entire game and had 1.8, just to put it in perspective. It's terrible. So, other than that, um, did, it, did any other performances stick out, uh, stand out to everyone? Anyone? No, I mean, there were some good storylines. Sam Darnold got revenge against the Jets. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Stafford looks like he's the, the decision was right to bring him over to L.A. So... Jared Goff actually didn't have a bad outing yesterday either, uh, the day before yesterday either. So, you know, um, I don't know. I I really thought Cleveland was going to end up beating Kansas City, but with Patrick Mahomes, you just, you never know. You you never know. And not for nothing, Michael Loy's own Jalen Hurts. He looked unstoppable. It looks like somebody knew what they were doing. And who was it, Howie, that they want to, kick him off the bus every other week. He's what he was doing. And and didn't Carson Wentz end up losing yesterday or Sunday also? Wentz that lost. Was, yeah, that it wasn't it wasn't pretty. It, it was I the game, but and I, I kick myself every year 
because I want to take Tyler Lockett in fantasy football. And I'm always like, nah, he's not going to do that shit again this year. And sure as shit, he did that shit again yesterday or Sunday. He's 11th or 12th year at this point. Like, he's he just he's just consistent, right? He like, is. And, and, like, every year I make the mistake of just bypassing him and taking somebody else. So, uh, Wentz didn't have a bad game, but they got beat bad, right? Like, he was 25 or 38, a couple touchdowns, no INTs, still got sacked three times. You know, that's the interesting thing for me is how many times is he going to get sacked in Indianapolis, right? Because they have an offensive line. So if he gets sacked, that's a quarterback problem. That's him holding on to the ball too long, doesn't know how to make quick reads. So, you know, I agree. I agree. You know, and I don't want to talk about the Eagles just yet, but uh, I do want to mention the Steelers. Sorry, Chris. Right. Like. The Steelers no, shot. I think you bring them up too. Yeah, no, right. Like it, it was what they did in Buffalo. I mean, they just shut them down, you know. And Big Ben looked adequate. You know, they didn't even have the running game go with Najee Harris, and their defense. T.J. Watt earned his like he started earning his paycheck day one immediately. Immediately. Yeah, after getting a big contract, sometimes guys, they fall off a little bit, but not him. Didn't he have like two sacks that game? Uh-huh. So so the one thing I'll say about the, the Steelers game now, beforehand, I'll just say right now, I was in the stadium. Um, and unfortunately, with where TIA Bankfield is, there's nothing around. Like you'd think there'd be a sports bar with a lot. No, there's it's nothing. Um, that being said, all I really had to go on was the, the scoreboard in the stadium, what was going on around the league and my own fantasy roster. And um, so when, when I saw, I think it was 23-13, is that what the final score was? Yep. That shocked me. I was like, oh, I wonder what happened here. Now, I'm not going to take anything away from them. They have an amazing defense. But I think you guys just nailed it. Ben Roethlisberger was adequate. They didn't have a running game. So that's still a problem. Um, and you can't, you can't bank on your special teams getting a block punt for a touchdown every game. You know, so that, that's kind of where I am with that. Like, props to them. I was, I'm not going to lie. I was shocked. Like, of all the games I think Loy and I previewed going to last week, like, out of all of them, uh, that was probably the one. We both picked the Bills. We both picked them. I think we said the Steelers would cover, but we both picked the over on points. And no, I mean, you know, props to that Steelers defense. It showed up. It shut down Buffalo in Buffalo's house. So I will give them props for that. How sustainable, you know, hoping for a defensive score every week. You know, I've seen teams do that and they, you know, they come out hot for four, four weeks, but sooner or later your offense needs to, to get it going too. So, you know, again, it's one game and, and I'm not, I'm not going to take anything away from it, but yeah, they can't sustain that is the only, my only thought on it. I think that's true for all teams also. You can't really gauge a team in their direction on the first game of the season. You can get a peek in a window of things that they've worked on and start to look at how their identity is being formed. But who you see week one is not who you're going to be seeing week five for any team. Right. And, and yeah, just for them to win going forward, Ben, like like we just said, Ben Roethlisberger is going to have to be more than – adequate and not yeah. Harris is gonna have to earn that that first round draft pick. But if his defense continues to play at that level, oh, they'll be in all it. he needs to they'll be, be is adequate. Yeah, they'll be they'll be in every game. But I think their I, defense I mean, wins them 10 games this season. Yeah. Or or at least gives them the opportunity to win 10 games. Right. I mean so next week um I believe and we'll we'll cover more about that later in the week when we do our next set of predictions. But I want to say they're against Kansas City. Next week, or is it the no? The Ravens are against Kansas City. I apologize. I'm not sure who the Steelers. No, they they play Vegas. Oh, but you know, I'd like to just real quick, you know, give props to the Saints again. I hope Lisa isn't still crying, but give props to the Saints too for you know the 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 situation that they're representing as a region in Hurricane Ida, the fact that they're playing out of state, and you know that was big for their their fan base for the people in New Orleans who've been displaced. And I mean, how much punishment can that region take? You know, they're they're about to find out because uh, Nicholas is about to. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I think um, the the Superdome is down for what a month they were saying or something like that, right? And it it would probably be extended based on this new hurricane that's coming through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. They might just be that that team this year that's just yeah. between Dallas and and Jacksonville, just trading home games between the two, and, and hopefully. Yeah. So that's definitely something to keep keep uh, our eyes on going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of want to move into the games we actually predicted. And I would like to say, uh, Mike and I, we went three and three, if you count the Thursday night game. So for our first round of predictions, not bad. We were off on the Steelers. Um, that was the one that jumped out at me. We were, who wouldn't else? have been now? What'd you say? Who wouldn't have been off on that one? Right. Um, we, we got the Eagles. Uh, we both picked the Browns. So that's the other one we were off of. And then there's a third game now. Were, were we off on the Browns? Because they covered. We said they would win, though. I'm going by predicting the win. Did I say they would win? Yep. You you let it off with they would win. No, I said yeah, they you cover. Did. Yeah, you did. You said you said they would win. I got to go back to the tape there, man. We will. We will. <laughs> I'll, I'll play it back. I will. You know what? Let's pause for a couple seconds, and I will insert what you said. Just, just to, you know. We'll, Do we'll it. Just, Previously on Football Trash Talk for Real Fans. Browns, both for taking the Browns swing. You have over 54 and a half. I have under 54 and a half. Uh, but Browns over Chiefs. Love it. <laughs> no, but uh, there was one other game. I can't remember what games we picked now. I might have to go back to... Uh, Go back to last week's schedule. But we, well, we picked the Giants game. Yeah, we were right on that one. We picked – we were right – okay, so <laughs> uh, this is where those free-flowing conversations get you. I know. should write this down. We need a producer. That's what we need. We need somebody that can recall this shit in the middle of our conversation. That's, that's what yeah. – that's what they do. Well, we pick, okay, we Packers work for cheap too. We pick, we pick like Packers. <laughs> we pick Packers because that's what I was going to. They so. need to work for food. Yeah, <laughs> we were off Packers Saints. We missed Packers Saints. We missed uh, Steelers, and we missed the Browns. Those are three lost we missed on. Then we got the sorry, I didn't mean to do that, but we just uh, we got the Eagles game right. We got the Giants game right, and we got the Thursday night game right. So that's how we were three and three. So that being said, let's go ahead and uh, talk about uh, Loy's, Loy's team. And I would like to say before we kick it over to Loy and let him uh, boast in his uh, Super Bowl run he's about, his team's about to make, um, I think we nailed uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, I believe the exact quote was, if you have him on your fantasy team, put him in because he's going to done run wild. And he did ran wild. So uh, with, that, with that being said, Loy, take it away. What are your thoughts on the Eagles? So – Really surprised they didn't throw deep at all, right? Really surprised that they didn't really try to go deep. But really fucking good game plan, man. I have to like this coaching staff. Uh, I think that clip is in our intro from way back when, when they hired him. I just like the look of the, of the, of the team. The offensive line is healthy. They looked in sync. Uh, my later. The rugby player turned offensive tackle, sitting behind Jason Peters, all pro for future Hall of Famer for three years, has seemed to pay dividends. I was absolutely watching him throughout the game, and he's just got that that nice first step for pass blocking, that same like that same step that that Jason Peters had, right? He just he just gets there, and he's fucking huge, right? Like so, and and he's an athlete, so. I think they found something there, man. That was that was a project, and it, and it looks like it might work out. Uh, Devontae Smith, right pick, uh, right mix of play calling. They had 35 passes and 31 runs. That's a great mix right there. You know, you just don't know what they're going to do. If I had to pick something to pick on, lots of penalties, right? Lots of false starts, lots of holds, right? So – 
you know, that's all workable shit, though. You know, and, and they got a gauntlet ahead of them, man. So I'm not getting too crazy. It's still house money as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, you know, they got the Niners coming to Philly. And yeah, they, they, they look like in the, the post-game interview, they look like they did in 2017, right? Which is scary, right? For, for an Eagle fan, that's not, a good, that's not a good place to be because then you're getting all caught up in hype, right? They got this hungry dog mentality. They're focused in on that. Uh, they seem to be getting along. And it proved itself on the field, man. You know, I mean, it was the Atlanta Falcons, but um, Matty Ice, been in the league a long time, throws for four or 5,000 yards every year. You know, they have some athletes. They got that new tight end pits. Uh, Ridley had a good game. I'll say that. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, I was a little worried at first. But, you know, and then their defensive line just took over in the third and fourth quarter. Like they, 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 I don't think they blitzed at all, and, and they were getting pressure on the quarterback every play. They might not have gotten the sack, but they were absolutely getting pressure, and the secondary looked decent. So, I mean, overall, if you know, going into San Fran for me, it's a toss-up. San Fran put forty-one up, but that was against Detroit. You know, they're playing with a third and four-string running back. Um. You know, and they gave 33 points up to Detroit. Detroit almost came back and won that game. They were close for pulling a, a miracle out there. So I feel pretty good. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, this is a house money year. And, you know, week one, I'll take it. Right. And uh, well, I'm not going to be shocked if they make some noise. I think I yeah, said that I mean, before. I think uh, I think next week we'll kind of get a little bit better of a gauge. Like you said, they are at home, but they do have the Niners, who uh, you know, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. They give up more points, I think, than anyone would have thought to the uh, the um, the Lions. But at the same time, how much of that is boredom? You know, because they, they jumped out to a big lead, and then the Lions came back a little bit. Um, you know, which which can happen if if you're just having your way. Um, in the NFL, unfortunately. So it will be, it will be interesting um, with the Eagles. They're definitely going to be a team to watch. Um, you know, I'll, I'll admit I was wrong on Jalen Hurts, uh, at least so far. You know, I know, I, again, we're looking at a five, six game sample set, but uh, I was wrong. Uh, he's definitely like, he's definitely doing something. There, something with him clicks with that team. Cause it, it's, I almost feel like if I was to take him off of there and put him on another team, I don't know if he has the same success. But something there in Philly, just for whatever reason, the 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 the, uh, the Alfredo sauce has got just the right amount of pepper, if if I may. Um, Atticus, you got any thoughts uh, for the Eagles, the uh, lone win NFC, NFC East team? No, no, I, you know I'm not surprised that Jalen Hurts played as well as he did. I didn't think Jalen Hurts was a bad quarterback to 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 lead the Eagles. Um, to begin with, you know, th there was a lot of banter going on last year uh, from Eagles fans who looked at the things that Jalen Hurts did wrong, but it seemed like they completely overlooked everything that he was able to do right. Um, so and the question was, which Jalen Hurts was going to show up? And it was it seemed that it was always the, the, the less than thrilling version that the, the Eagles fans defaulted to. So I wasn't surprised. The Eagles have historically been very good at, well, ever since the John Runyon crew of building their lines. And I'm talking offense and defense, bringing fresh guys in, rotating them in and out all the time. It's like they just, I don't know, they know how to do it. You know, and then like Mike was alluding to the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles team where they were bringing guys in off the street who were fitting in seamlessly to their system. And I just couldn't even understand it. So do I think that what we saw 
week one from the Eagles is going to be an indication of who they're going to be this year, their identity. I don't know if I'm going to buy into that right now, but what I'll say is, hey, that was a good win for them. They went on a road. They put up a decent amount of points. Their defense just stifled Atlanta. I don't know how many sacks they had, but they got after the quarterback and they've they've always been good at getting after the quarterback. So, you know, big ups to the Eagles for starting off on the right foot. The only team in the NFC East to get a win this weekend. So I wasn't surprised and not for nothing. I think that because they won, that's going to do a, a go a long way in setting the tone for how they buy into the coaching staff of the Philadelphia Eagles this year. When you Start off that way, excuse me, with a new system, new play caller, new head coach. That means a lot. That carries some weight. So uh, from there, we're going to go to the uh, the Browns and the Chiefs. Um, I want to get your guys' take on the game before I give my little uh, piece here. So either of you want to take it away. What are your thoughts on the Browns-Chiefs game? Since we're not on the trash talk page and you need to learn how to separate that shit, I'm absolutely going to run it the fuck in on the page, just so you're aware, right? You can't start quoting shit off the podcast. That's not what you said on Sunday on the podcast, right? There's a difference, right? There's trash talk and then there's this. This is being objective. Yes. Uh, I really thought they were going to fucking do it, right? Like, I mean, they had the lead like 43 minutes into the game or something like that. 52 minutes minutes into the game. So three and a half quarters about, right? And then Mahomes did Mahomes, right? He just, and and like, you can't, can't predict that shit, right? Like you just can't, you know, game plan. Oh, there's Tyreek Hill. Oh, there we go. You know, and the catch he made that really set it off was just in a, like, I don't even know how he made it, right? Like, I know how the ball got there, but, like, there was a defender there. They both were turned the wrong way, and Tyreek then turns back the other way, and, ooh, there's a ball in my hands. Crazy, right? You just can't you can't deal with that, right? Um, I mean, I thought they played good. You know, I thought there was one play that impressed me where, uh, Garrett and Clowney met head on uh, and made us made him a home sandwich. That was pretty nice. I'm sure you got a little giddy off of that one. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, secondary questions maybe, uh, but again, it is it is Kansas City Chiefs, and it was you know, and it is Patrick Mahomes, so you can't really you know dictate on that. But uh, I think overall, they they played well enough, and you know. I think they recognized where they had opportunities in the game where they could have done something a little bit different. And, uh, you know, the exact opposite of winning in week one with a new coaching staff, losing in week one in a game that you probably should have won, right? You know, the, the medal of a team will come out in week two, right? Like how they respond to that loss in week two is going to be indicative for how this season goes. What a great test for the Browns to start the season. And they really answered it for the most part. You know, um, I thought that going into the third quarter, I just felt uneasy. I thought it wasn't a large enough lead. The defense was playing well. Um, Patrick Mahomes had really pedestrian type numbers going into the fourth quarter, which means your boys on the other side of the ball really did their job. But where you could not complete it was in turning red zone trips into touchdowns and uh, keeping drives alive. Still don't understand why OBJ wasn't on the field. He was a 50-50 chance of playing. He should have gotten a few snaps, even if he was just going to run plays as a decoy Mm -hmm. to help keep keep plays alive. With your running game and all of the different options that uh, Baker Mayfield has to to throw that ball, and the line played well, 
you should have you should have really won that game. But it's a great test. You know, it's a great way to start the season. I think that it shows that the Browns, they can really hang with them. They just got to finish. They just got to finish. They can hang with any team in a the league. They are likely going to go to the playoffs and lead the division in the AFC North. Unless the, the fucking Steelers just, I don't know. But who knows what's going to happen with them. But they looked good. They looked good up until, like you said, the final eight minutes of the game. It's like you guys had to hold it a little bit longer. But you know what? It doesn't really surprise me either because there's a lot of conditioning that's being exposed right now also. Um, These players, you go from four preseason games to three, and those three, it's almost like the playtime for players – has been condensed into such a small package that I don't think they're in NFL football shape come week one. Now you could say the same thing could be said for the team that won, but for whatever reason, you're seeing it in different teams across the league right now um, going into the first week of the season. Well, I think part of that, too, is when you're a team, like in the situation of the Browns where you need your defense to come up big, it's defense is always going to get tired before the offense because they're reacting as opposed to just doing. Sure. Um, so it's one thing to go run a marathon. It's another thing to react to someone running a marathon. That being said, um, you know, th- this is hard. This is hard uh, to, be, to be objective about because honestly, like, and I, I get it. Let me preface this with two things. One, I get that a loss is a loss. So I'm not going to sit here and say like, this is the best possible outcome. It obviously is not Two, there's a stat out there that got flashed uh, during the end of the game. The last, or I think I maybe caught it afterwards because I was actually driving home, listening to this game in the car. The last six times that the chiefs have been down 12 points or more at halftime, they came back to win five of those, including the game yesterday or uh, two days ago versus Cleveland. So what we saw from the Chiefs isn't out of character for the Chiefs. So that being said, one of the things I say going to the game, the big question mark for the Browns was the defense because on paper we're better, but we've never seen them all play together. They had nine of 11 uh, new starters on the defense. Um, And, you know, up until that crazy play for Hill, who's on one of my fantasy teams, by the way, um, up until that play, Baker Mayfield was out dueling Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think at halftime he had a better completion percentage and he was, uh, cause I posted, I posted something somewhere. I forget if it was just on my page or in the, in the group, but uh, he had like a better completion percentage and like something like 90 more yards. Like it was almost like scary how far apart they seemed at that point in the game. The things I will say that give me, like hope moving future and why it's not the quote, same old Browns. So three things happened in successive, like basically successive is what swung the game. And it's what ultimately won for the chiefs. One, you had that crazy uh, letdown on defense where Terry killed scored. And that by itself in a vacuum, Tariq, you're not going to keep Mahomes, Kelsey and Tariq kill quiet all game. One of them is going to go off. It's just, that's what makes the chiefs chiefs. Right. 11 for 197. 11 receptions for 197 yards. That's fucking insane, right? And this is where we need stat boy. Like, how many times, like, what's the number when Tyreek Hill has over 150 yards receiving? How many times do they win? Probably in the first quarter of a game last year. Yeah, some dumb shit like that. But But the point is, again, though, you take out that one play in the third quarter, was even over, I mean, you know, again, he's still 10 catches for 120-something, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it turned on that play. Then immediately after that, something that's only happened four times in his five years in the league, Nick Chubb fumbled, which turned yep. into a field goal. And then on the very next series, there was a muffed punt, which across the entire league isn't a normal occurrence. That's, right. you know, you see four of those a year, Right. So is it a mini meltdown by the Browns? Yes. Do they need to get more disciplined? Yes. But if also at the same time, it takes the chiefs, uh, you know, a 75 yard completion from Hill, a fumble from Chubb 
and uh, and a uh, muffed punt in successive drives to to finally wrestle lead up from the Browns. It's hard for me to feel real, real bad about that. Because the other thing is, I would argue we played them a lot better this time than we did last time. And one of the things that's forgotten is the fans weren't in the last game. They were. We went into a hostile environment and did what we did. So if there is such thing as, as the best you can take out, like the best way to lose, I don't know how to phrase this correctly. Moral victories. <laughs> moral victory. If I could take a moral victory from this, yes. Do I want this say they won? Of course I do. I'm not upset that they only lost by four, though. I, hey, I can't be with the way it happened. Baker, 21 of 28 for 320, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, they ran the ball. Chubb and, and, and Hunt, five and a half yards a carry. They had a total of 153 yards what for, a for all of rushing, right? Like So, like, I mean, the numbers are there. Where, where they didn't have the numbers was time of possession, right? Like, they just – Kansas City just had the ball too much. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and Kansas City knows how to. Uh, it's weird that this is happening. Andy Reid figured out how to manage a clock, you know, once you got to Kansas City, you know, and, and like it, it was it was a good amount that they that they had the time. Time of possession it was like 32 to 27. So five minutes. It's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, if, it is a big deal. You know, it's uh, it's five minutes that you're giving Mahomes that you don't want to give Mahomes. Right. Well, and the, and the last the last thing uh, I'll touch on is we before the uh, you know when we did our prediction thing, I said the keys for the Browns is they have to keep it at that under because I think the over under was fifty four points. They scored fifty four points in the game, and I said the second they get to fifty four points, that's going to favor the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, and I also said the run game has to keep Mahomes off the field, which unfortunately, even though they had a successful running day. It doesn't sound like it did it as well as I would have liked. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I can't I can't be super upset. I don't feel like the same old Browns. I, I, I don't. I've watched enough horrible football uh, from the Cleveland Browns to be OK saying these are not the same old Browns. So we'll uh, move from that and we're going to go to uh, to Atticus's team. And that's going to bring us into the Thursday night game. So. I'm not going to lie. I didn't see this game at all. Um, I've heard it wasn't great, but I did, um, you know, I, uh, this was an early game. So I would have been trying to find my way to the stadium at this point. Cause uh, fun fact, when you uh, go to an NFL, uh, you're traveling to a city, they still kick you out of the hotel at 11 o'clock, even if your game doesn't start till four 30. So you end up driving around looking for a place to park. And uh, yeah, so we ended up missing most of the early games. So I didn't see it. So I'm not going to comment as much on this. Other than to say, we did project that the Broncos would would win outright. Um, I don't. I, I want to say they won by ten, but I've heard the score wasn't even that close. So I'll kick it over to Lloyd, and then we'll let uh, Atticus talk about his boys. Their offensive line is is a, still a question. Uh, I've been saying that for years. They just don't, and, and I think they got some bad luck there too. Didn't someone get hurt? I think someone got hurt. But uh no, no they're fine. <laughs> so can't even go down that road. Uh, Daniel Jones has 51 turnovers in 20 games or 22 games. Like that's just not a good stat at all. Um, you know, did he he played he played okay, but he had that fumble, right? Uh, they made Teddy Bridgewater look like a, a fucking all pro, um, which it shouldn't be that surprising. We're not that far removed from his Minnesota days when, you know, he was lighting it up until he had that bad injury in, in training camp. So, uh, not, not to completely cut you off, but where do, where do you put Teddy Bridgewater in the pantheon of quarterbacks right now? Top 15, top 20. Let's come the back way to he that. played Sunday. Top ten. Well, yeah. just in general, though, like if, if I was to, if we were to Top just start drafting from one to, I, I'd say fourteen. If like without really thinking about it, fourteen to sixteen sounds about right for me. So top half of the league, probably. Yeah. Anyway, you know, sorry, I didn't mean to, didn't mean so, to cut you off. You know, their running game non-existent. Right. 
Uh, I've heard people talking about they need to get Saquon off his off his pitch count. Uh, you know, he only he only rushed the ball ten times. Uh, he had three targets coming out of the backfield. That's just not enough, right? Like I, I, I I'm not a doctor, uh, but something's got to happen there. That's that's your best athlete on the field. He's got to touch the ball more. Just has to. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to give him running lanes, though. I think they're in trouble. You know, I, I, I think that they're, you know, Daniel Jones is probably going to have some good games this year. Uh, Sterling Shepard looked good. I'll give him that. Uh, you know, trying to pick him up in a couple leagues just, uh, just to have on my bench. Uh, I got a, cause I got a couple injuries here and there. So go ahead, Chris. No, I just find it funny. You're saying I'll pick him up just to be on my bench. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Real quick, I just have a question I'm going to throw in here, and then we'll kick it over to Atticus. Um, who do you think has the better season based off of one game, Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott? Ooh. That's a, that's a question I – That's posed, a really good question. That's a question I posed to Andy before season. He said Saquon Barkley hands down. But now we've seen one game – and see a pitch count or whatever the case might be. I'm just going to lead. I'll, I'll kick off the answer. I think Saquon just simply because I think he's still like, he's still coming back from injury. Ezekiel Ella doesn't have that excuse. Right. So I can assume Saquon, there's still room for him to get a little bit better, get back into form, so to speak. I, I, I don't think Ezekiel Elliott will anyway. I mean, I think I think it really all depends on what Dallas does, right? Like if they if they want to throw the ball sixty times a game, Zeke's not going to have the numbers, right? He's not going to have the touches. Zeke's another one of those players, right? Like I know I know that we made fun of it, and there's memes galore, right? But like feed me is a real thing, and I talked about that, you know, last week on the pod, right? Like he needs to be fed the ball, plain and simple, right? Like I don't think he's he has declined that much, but like when you're only having 200, 225 carries a season, you're not going to put up 13 to 1600 yards. You're just not going to, you know, if he, if he starts getting back to 300 carries, you know, then, then we have a different story. Saquon, the same thing, right? Like Saquon, maybe 250 carries. Cause he's such a threat out of the backfield. He's so good with his hands. And, you know, once he gets to the open field, like it's, it should be lights out. Um, really, really good question. I, I think it's too early to call. To me, it's a 50-50 right now. Like, how are the teams going to use them, right? Like, I fully expect Saquon to have more of an emphasis in the game plan, you know, but if if we look at numbers, man, there's a, a lot of passes thrown this first week on every team. Well, you know, just to just to kind of put put 225 for Zeke, 225 carries, uh, that's about what Nick Chubb had last year. Almost say, I'd say going 60-40 with Kareem Hunt and missing four games. So yeah, just to yeah. put that number in context. Anyway, just to uh, – so uh, Atticus, let's uh, let's kick it over to you. Uh, get your thoughts on the game, and then we'll kind of wind this into the uh, the Thursday night game because that's Giants versus Washington. Um, so I don't think that it's surprising that the Giants lost uh, their opener game, opening game. I think that 51, was it 51 turnovers or 52 turnovers? I think that number is a little bit overused in the context that Daniel Jones, while he turned the ball over and it was at the worst possible time, from his rookie season to his second year, he cut his turnover count in half. His rookie season, he was a turnover machine. And in this second year, he had half as many turnovers, fumbles and interceptions combined, but they were at the worst possible times. One of them was so ugly that Jamal Adams just walked up to him, took the ball from him and ran it in for a touchdown. So he's got like ugly turnovers, not that the volume has continued at the rate that it was, but. He turns it over at the wrong time. Like he was, he was in the middle of a beautiful drive. He did everything he could to keep the drive alive and fumbled the ball. So he, he really needs to fix that. Personally, I'm at a place where I don't shoot my wounded. I'm still going to support my quarterback, but if he don't get his shit together, 
we're going to be looking for a new quarterback next year. Um, and rightfully so, because you can't surround your quarterback with all of those pieces and not produce. The one thing about Daniel Jones, I'll say that I really dislike. I'm not even going to talk about turnovers because that's something that I think can be corrected. Is the fact that there are certain quarterbacks in this league where you can have an okay, even just below average offensive line, an okay or just below average rushing attack, and they find a way to convert. They find the up the open guy. They go through their progressions. They hit their checkdowns when they need to. They audible out of a play when they see that there's a blitzer coming. They know the shaky side on the left means they need to roll right. And I don't know that he has that or he ever will have that. It's too hard for me to say. Um, so it, I'm on the side of if he doesn't turn it around, they're going to need to look for a new quarterback. As far as Saquon Barkley and his carries and um, the, the, the will he and Zeke, between the two of them, who's going to have the – I can't do the hypotheticals. We did that shit the entire offseason, and it just became mind-numbing. Like, we don't know. I, I don't fucking know. What I will say is I think the NFC East, each team has an above average stable of running backs, which is pretty cool. And Saquon Barkley is one of those running backs where if you think back to 2018, uh, 2019, rather, we had no offensive line and he produced like a motherfucker. He don't need an offensive line to turn a, a three-yard loss into a 79-yard scamper for a touchdown. I remember watching him on Thursday Night Football play the Philadelphia Eagles. He had a nine-yard run where he was jumping over people, dodging, weaving. There was nobody blocked. It was all Saquon Barkley. So the line is still a work in progress, like Mike Loy said. I don't know that – I honestly don't think that the line is – too bad. And looking at the game on Sunday, the first half was fine. There was nothing wrong with the way that the Giants played in the first half. The second half, actually the drive leading into halftime where they gave Teddy Bridgewater and the uh, the the um, the Denver Broncos that touchdown, that's where they fell apart and they could not recover from that. I don't know why or how. So the defense looked like absolute wet dog shit. They need to fix a whole lot of stuff. I think offensively, I saw some things that made me feel good. Kenny Galladay, he did a great job on those those um, 50-50 balls. Sterling Shepard, he should be a starter on anybody's team because people are going to be paying attention to Kenny Galladay, and they're going to be paying attention to Kyle Rudolph and Saquon Barkley, and they're going to forget all about, all about Sterling Shepard, and he showed that. In week one, he's going to get people a lot of fantasy points, not to ride their bench, like Mike said, with the hopes that somebody else gets injured and he does well. I think he's going to have a huge year. To, to be uh, fair, I have a pretty good stable of wide receivers. You do. All, you my, do. all my fantasy teams. So, yeah. Yeah. And you would have done very well if you had Sterling Shepard. Yeah. Very well. There are a couple other uh, little things I want to. I'm, I'm going to bring up, and then we'll we'll kick it over to our Thursday night predictions. Uh, first thing, when you were talking about a quarterback that could uh, kind of disguise the offensive line, mediocre offensive line and mediocre running game, uh, basically you're suggesting every team needs Russell Wilson because the second he leaves the Seahawks, that team's in a whole world of trouble. Uh, I also just want to say, uh, interesting enough, for I don't know exactly what. Uh, you know, 2020, uh, he's played 22 games and has 51 turnovers. So that's, you know, a little more than two turnovers a game. Uh, Eli Manning, I believe, is a career 2.1 turnover per game quarterback. So I don't know what it is about the water in New York, but that seems to be the, uh, that's been a theme now for a while. And you finally, also, the last thing I want to, one, one of the last things I just want to point out, and I forgot to mention, we were talking about the Browns. Browns have yet to face Kansas City with OBJ active. So, that's that's just something. I can't, why didn't they? Do we know what's up with OBJ Sunday? I don't. You know, I don't know. I, again, I was at the I was at the, <laughs> the Packers game site. So 
I was trying to follow along. I, he was out warming up. He looked fine. Yeah, I mean, he looked good too. I mean, you know, from my non-medical <laughs> perspective, he looked fine. He was doing his one-handed thing and everything, but maybe it was just enough to where they're like, listen, we'll see you next week. And Can I ask uh, you a question, Chris. Yeah, go ahead. Do you need OBJ? Against Kansas City? Yes. Period. Yeah. And and you I think, think it's do? still I think it's still the situation now. Now I will say Schwartz, the the receiver, rookie receiver we got in the third round. I think eventually he can he can surplus not become OBJ, but like kind of fill that hole. But as of right now, we don't have we need him to even if he's just a decoy, like you said, just his presence will open things up in ways that we just don't have right now. Um, both, both times, I, I think playing Kansas City back, essentially back to back for the Browns now just shows what do we have enough firepower to beat the Texans? Yeah. The Bears? Yeah. Go toe to toe with the Vikings? Sure. But when we're in the playoffs and we need a play, we don't have that one guy, that one Chubb is getting there, but we don't have that one home run guy like OBJ. And that's what we need. We, only, we might only need him for five plays the entire season, right? But those five plays are going to be the plays that make or break our season. So as of right now, today, yes, we do. I mean, the only thing it says is that they just erred on the side of caution. You know, he is coming back see from an ACL. If you guys had the Thursday night game like us and you he was 50-50 and you wanted to keep him out. But I, I still don't understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just weird because, like I said, I just – you know, the, it, it's just, yeah, we haven't had him and he's arguably one of the best players on the team when healthy. So I don't know, man. Uh, like, it's just weird because the, the entire time we've had him, that Dallas game last year, week four is the only like OBJ game there's right, been. Right. And he yeah. went crazy. He caught two touchdowns from two different people and had the most electrifying scamper I've seen, you know, out from a Browns player in however long. So, yeah, as of right now, today, we still need him. Because like I said, there's going to be five to six plays that he's going to make this year that's going to make the difference uh, with however far we make it. So with that being said, I'm going to kick it over to the uh, the Thursday night game, which is the aforementioned New York G-Men um, versus the Washington football team, the football team of Washington, the football team that plays in Washington, whatever you want to call them, that's who they're playing. They're playing in Washington. Uh, Yeah, I read that the Giants get one day of practice uh, today. They get one day of practice and then they're traveling tomorrow for the Thursday night game. So, uh, you know, I I don't have a whole lot to say. Um, You know, it's it's the it's the first official like Thursday night game. I know the the season opened on Thursday, but this is the first game of the schedule, so to speak. Um, I don't believe in must win games in week two. I know. Like Lloyd could probably look up a stat that tells me like if you go zero and two, you're only thirty percent of the teams make the playoffs at that point. But in the NFC East, I don't think going zero and two is the same as say if the LA Rams were to start off zero and two, or the even the Browns to an extent start off zero and two. That being said, I do think this is a must-win game for Daniel Jones um, for a lot of reasons. Atticus just said, I think. You know, you, you, it's going to start small, right? Like, there's just there's already talk. Oh, look, fifty some odd touchdowns, blah, or touchdowns, uh, turnovers, blah, 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 blah. It's only going to get louder and louder with each loss. Yeah. Um, so, the the best thing for Daniel Jones, if he plans on playing in New York past this year, win this game. Uh, that being said, uh, let's kick it over to uh, well, either of you two, whoever wants to wants to pick up the mantle. I think the Giants have a good shot at winning this game only because of the following. For whatever reason, we can be four and 12 in two of those four games that we won will be against Washington pretty consistently, almost the same way the Philadelphia Eagles feel about. We'll likely have two wins this season against the Giants. The Giants just show up against Washington. I don't know why or how, but they just do. And even with Riverboat Ron's tendency to try some crazy, unexpected shit, the Giants seem to be prepared for it. 
Secondly, their starting quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick, which I said from the very beginning, I didn't know. I didn't think he'd get injured. Nobody wants that to happen, right? And Taylor Heineke, I think I'm saying his name right. While he's decent, he's not as good a quarterback as Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I I just don't know that um, they're going to have enough to win for those two reasons. Now, I could be dead wrong because there's still no chemistry that's been developed with um, Kadarius Toney and uh, Kenny Galladay with Daniel Jones. They had they poorly misused Saquon Barkley week one. I think they'll use him a lot better. And I would have to think that as embarrassing of a performance that it was by the New York Giants defense, that they're going to, even with one day of practice, they're going to fix that because that was bad. That was really, really bad. It was almost as bad, if not just as bad, as you described what you saw with Green Bay playing against the Saints. In fact, when you were talking about it, it was like you were talking about the Giants-Denver game, but Denver was the Saints and the Giants was Green Bay. It felt just like that, the way that you described it. So I'm going to go with the Giants on this, not looking at it through a set of blue lenses, but because they just seem to play very well against Washington every single time they play them. So I'm going to agree with what you said. The defense in Washington should be scary, though. Should be. Um, kind of missing on Sunday a little bit. You know, I don't think uh, they got after it as much as they would have liked to. Um, but I think you can say that for the whole offense or for Washington, right? Uh, Heineke has had one start in his career, and that was in 2018. So this should be interesting, right? Um didn't he start a game last year? Nah. He came in in the playoffs. Oh, he came in. And he looked, he played well. He did play well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a game manager, right? So, I mean, I would have to say that New York should have the advantage, right? Regardless of, of the day's rest, like Washington's still playing on Thursday after playing Sunday. So, it's a wash there. Both both teams are are. Limited practice, you know, limited recoup time. Um, maybe that's why they kept the pitch count on for Saquon, right? And and really feed him the ball on on Thursday night. You know, it's uh, you know, let's let's you know get your feet wet, and then we'll really pour it on on Thursday. So I'd like to see a happy dose of Saquon. Uh, I'd like to see Daniel Jones not turn the ball over at impromptu times. Um, you know, and, and I think the key for Washington is is that defense, right? Like, if their defense comes to play, it's, it's going to be a low-scoring game. It's going to be, you know, 17-14, 17-13. Um, could be completely wrong there. I think the over-under is 40. So, I would take the, I would take the under just based on what I just said. Um, you know, and, and the rest. But it wouldn't surprise me if – you know, we see some electric plays out of the New York Giants. I agree. I think it's a must win. Uh, not for the Giants, but for Daniel Jones. Being a quarterback in New York City is no easy feat. The only reason Eli got a pass is because he threw for a shit ton of yards and won two Super Bowls, right? If they, if they didn't win those Super Bowls, Eli would have been run out of town. As hard as that might be to, to hear, like, he would have been run out of town, but they got two Super Bowls, and you can't you can't take that away. Um, and and he can throw the like, I mean, we give Eli a lot of guff, but he, he's Brett Favre, just a little dopier, right? You know, he's a gunslinger. That's what he does. That's his game. You know, and uh, you know he's a tough bastard, and, and that's hard to come by at the quarterback. So, is Daniel Jones that guy? I don't think so, right? Um, we'll see. You know, it's a make or break year for Daniel Jones. If they lose this game, it could be a very, very long season for him and the New York Giants. I just want to piggyback off of one thing that you just said there. The, it, it all stems from the offensive line with the Giants. The Giants have done a terrible job of protecting their most high, their highest paid player yeah. for years. 
the Giants organization did more to tarnish Eli Manning than he did on his own. He ran for his life so much that he started seeing and hearing ghosts and just falling with nobody hitting him because he anticipated getting hit. And I saw the same thing starting to happen with Daniel Jones. It could still be happening. We don't know with this offensive line yet, you know, but you're right. And it won't even be as much Daniel Jones's fault as it will be on Jason Garrett and on Dave Gettleman if he doesn't have some measure of success behind that line. I think it's all on Gettleman. You know, I think I think it's all Gettleman's the GM. He's the one that's putting this offensive line together. Right. And, and like it hasn't hit yet. And we've been saying this for probably five years. We've been saying something about the Giants offensive line, you know, and you went out and bought seven years, seven, seven, years. seven years. You went out and got, you know, an, an overage shoulder. Right. You, you go out waste of money, pick up, you know, bad, bad offensive linemen. Complete waste of money. Yeah. So just to kind of give give context to this, uh, the over-under is actually 40 and a half. So you were, you were right on there, uh, uh, Mike. But, uh, yeah, it's 40 and a half. Um, Washington's uh, giving three and a half, which means on a neutral field, this is basically a toss-up. So that being said, um, I feel like the Giants are going to be the more desperate team in this, even though I kicked this off by saying um, – you know, that neither team like in the NFC East, that's it's not a death sentence for either team to go down. Oh, two, but uh, this game just to me, I think, like I said, this is the Daniel Jones bowl. It's put up or shut up time. That being said, Joe judge is just to back up what Atticus was saying. Joe judge two and oh, all time against Washington. Daniel Jones won his last five against Washington. Um, I think, I think I agree with Lloyd. We're going to see Saquon Barkley, get worked into the offense a lot more. Um, maybe maybe the game was just, uh, hey, you know, we're going to take the training wheels off. Maybe the way that the last game went, it forces it a little before they wanted to. But I, I think you're going to see a desperate uh, uh, New York team uh, that want that's just going to come out and they're going to take it to them. Um, I think it's going to go over on the points. And uh, I, I take Washington, or I'm sorry, New York to win outright. Um I just I see somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, I'll say 24-20, somewhere in that range, maybe even as high as 27-24, something like that. But it's going to be a field goal game. But New York will uh, win outright, and I, I see the over. Um, I think New York's both teams on both sides of the ball, regardless of how good the defenses are. Um, we're not talking about the eighty-five Bears on either on either defensive side of the ball. And I think there's enough offensive firepower, even with the drawbacks of having the backup quarterback and the offensive line. I think there's enough offensive firepower to make it fun. So I'm taking the over and New York Giants went out right. Well, somebody's got to win the game, right? So somebody's not going to start 0-2 in the division. Um, it, it, I'm going to take the Redskins. Just I'm going to give them home field advantage, right, on a, on a, on a toss-up. Uh, I think the team rallies around Heineke. Uh, I think that, you know, the Giants might play a little bit better. I just, I'm not sold on their offensive line. Just the good thing we're not, not playing the Redskins this week. Well, you're, you're picking them. Sorry, that was a Ryan Ehler slip. You know, <laughs> I'm old, dude. They're still the Redskins. Jesus. Yeah. So the Washington football team is going to win this game. Uh, I think Chase Young has a field day, putting a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones, which keeps the game under. So I'm going completely opposite of Chris. Uh, Redskins win by four, 17-13. Cover the spread. Keeping it ugly. Keeping it ugly. Keeping it ugly. I could see it going either way that both of you guys picked it too. So what are your, what's your final, what's your final thought then? 
I still think the Giants always find a way to beat the Redskins. This isn't me looking through blue lenses. It's just what it's like the sun comes up every day. You can kind of count on it. The, the, the Eagles play the Giants. You can kind of count on the Eagles beating the Giants. The Giants play the Washington Reds, the Washington football team, and they they just find a way to beat them. I, I don't understand it, but I'm going to take it. So I'm going to go with the Giants. It's it's a weird thing in the NFC East, right? Like so the Eagles couldn't beat the Redskins for years, right? And then Lane Johnson one year said, fuck that. We're not losing to them anymore. Uh, you know, it, it, they just beat them every time. Um, you know, we beat the Giants, but then Dallas, it's always a split. Right. Even when Dallas is is right. rolling, right? It's always a split. You know, and the, you know, either team might get blown out, but the other the team that got blown out is gonna come back and win the next game. Right. Right, with with Dallas. So that's that's just kind of the way the NFC East folds out. It's just weird. So yeah. And and not for nothing, as good as Chase Young is and the Washington football team's defense is, Daniel Jones beat him twice last year. Yeah. When they were ranked the number two defense in the league. He beat him twice. Which was shocking. Be honest. I'm being honest. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, hey. I'm, I wouldn't have put money on them uh, going up against Going the into defense. the playoffs last year. Going into week 16, 17 last year, I would dare say that the Giants were a better team than the, the football team was at the end of the season. Had it not been for, and you guys were handling, well, well, it was a tough game, but Jalen Hurts could have won that game. We're not yeah, I'm salty. back there. I'm back there. We're not still salty about that, are we? Yeah. Well, you well, know, you gotta, if there's any one your thing coach got fired up. probably directly because of that shit. We'll and never know. We'll never know who made that call to pull Jalen out of the game. We will never know. Could have been, could have been anybody. Could have yeah. been, could have been Howie. No, the Eagles wanted Jeffrey. to fuck the Giants no matter what. So that was well played. Well played. <laughs> well, we'll end on this, and I think Atticus kind of touched on it. If we can describe NFC East football. Unexplainable, I think, is where we're going to go with Petty. Petty. Un petty. Unexplainable. I think that's a great place to stop. Um, we'll try and do better next time. Uh, you guys want to come back and do this again Friday or Saturday, and we'll get, get some picks in for the, uh, for the next week. Maybe Friday talk about would Friday. be better for me because Friday. I'll be, uh, I'll be at, at Beaver Stadium for the whiteout against Auburn on Saturday. So I think Friday works for me also. Yeah. All right. Saturday All right. doesn't well, work. <laughs> well, we can definitely, we can definitely uh, we'll figure that out. Uh, yep. Enjoy the game Thursday. And uh, yeah, I'll catch you guys on Friday. Awesome. All right, guys. Do you ever disagree with what's said on this podcast? Well, come join us on the Facebook page that started it all. Football Trash Talk for Real Fans. You can let Loy know how much the Eagles suck. Tell Atticus how delusional he is about all New York sports. Remind Chris that the Browns are one of four teams to never reach the Super Bowl. Or even talk about the hottest slot receiver of all time, Randall Cobb. Whatever you do, just don't be a fan of the NFC East. We have enough of that crap already. Come check us out. There's always more room at the barbecue. Anyway, this has been the Football Trash Talk for Real Fans podcast. It's been a pleasure, and as always, FOT. Stay safe out there.